Hello, I'm Dr. Laurel Sander. Um, I got my basis in Western medicine, then I became a doctor of oriental medicine, and then I continued to study all the different modalities of the human body. There's actually 21 maps of the human body. And I do that, and I do cleansing, and I want to give knowledge and empowerment to my patients. Uh, Chris Waddell, what a friend, what a dear heart. This man inspired me 30, 35 years ago. Um, and then I ran into him again in December. We hadn't seen each other for decades, and we reunited. And I was able to help him 30, 35 years ago, and we thought that maybe I could help the Paralympic team, and then 9-11 happened. And so here I am back with Chris, and I am so excited. I also want to inspire people and empower people of how you can heal yourself with very easy self-treatments at home and proper nutrition. Hi, I'm Chris Whiteout. Welcome to Living It, the podcast where we join experts in the experience of being human. Be bold. Say yes to adventure. Say yes to living it. Welcome to Chris Whiteout, Living It, where we talk with experts in the experience of being human. Those who've taken the risk to realize her dreams and live fully. Today, with my good friend, Laurel Sander, she has 40 plus years of experience in the healing arts and holistic medicine. She's a doctor of oriental medicine, uh, is certified acupuncturist, uh, master body worker, massage therapist, tuna spinal alignment, Chinese herbologist, kinesiologist, reflexology, energy medicine, shamanic tracking, nutritional nutritionist, and whole body medicine. I might have stumbled on a couple of those because they are things that we don't necessarily talk about all the time. Laurel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Chris. This is a real honor. You know, in looking at your introduction, the thing that totally jumped out at me was the first line the idea of being in the healing arts and holistic medicine. Healing arts, we do not often hear about healing arts. You also talk about the silhouette of the person as the right brain. Is this all connected? What are the healing arts? What's the silhouette of the right brain? This I've not heard any of this stuff before. Well, let's start with the term holistic medicine. Um, a lot of people that I talk to think that means natural medicine. Holistic medicine means whole body medicine. So the healing arts are usually different pieces of that. Um, yes, I'm a doctor of oriental medicine. Yes, I've studied all 12 spokes of oriental medicine. Acupuncture is one of them. But there's Chinese psychology, the Qigong. There's the Tao of nutrition. Uh, there's body work. So these are all spokes of a doctor of oriental medicine. So... I've even taken it farther than there because I started in Western medicine. So I combine all medicines. So as you mentioned, reflexology, I've been a rolfer for 48 years. Um, I learned cleansing and detox first. We can go into that first part of the story if you'd like. And so now I'm combining all the medicines, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, um, all the medicines, uh, auricular medicine, which is the study of the ear, biological dentistry, uh, the tongue medicine, uh, iridology is the study of the eye. 
So the human body has nine hologram maps where I can just look at that one map and use that as a diagnostic tool. I'm combining all the maps because it's super fun. But what, what stands me aside from other diagnosticians is the fact that I'm using the patient as the main source of data. Yes, I'm using the blood test. Yes, I'm using the MRI. Yes, I'm going to network with specialists if I need to. But the main source of data for me is coming from that patient because only the patient knows that they jumped off the garage roof at five and it didn't go so well. So if they knock their front teeth out, I'm going to have to look at the structural alignment down the bridge of their nose to their front teeth, which goes to the liver, those teeth. So by the logic of dentistry, in today's incredible scientific world with microscopic photography and microscopic electricity, we know that each tooth goes to a different organ, a different vertebra, a different gland. It's remarkable. It's fascinating. And I am fascinated still in the clinic. So if somebody knocked up their front teeth at five years old, I'm going to have to look at the structural alignment all the way down the body. I'm going to find that, okay? It's very interesting. So you go in and you get diagnosed. You have some pain here or there, and they send you a specialist. And that's great. Our Western specialized medicine is uh, thumbs up. If I get in a car wreck, please take me to the ER. ER don't take me to Laurel. But our doctors aren't talking to each other. There's no combining communication, collaboration, and actually listening to the patient. So if they fall off the roof at five and then they had infection in their front teeth and they've been dealing with dental problems since, and then I can see that wreck on their ear and I can see it on their foot. And then I go into the spine and sure enough, I can find where the spine has compression. Well, that nerve goes to a different organ that can impede the function of the organ. You see where I'm going? It is really fun. So by using all of the medicines and combining it and calling up different doctors, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? There's what I believe the solution to our medical problem is combining all medicines. We still live in this dichotomy of either or. Either or, exactly. And the map that you were talking about, you were talking about each of the nine systems have, have a map that you can- A hologram map. And a hologram map means all the whole is in one map. So if you look up auricular medicine, which is ear medicine, your ear is actually an upside down baby. And every nerve in your body goes to the ear. I can sit in a cafe and look at somebody's ear and go, wow, that guy must have broken his leg or his tailbone because I can see the white cartilage on it. People don't want to get very close to me because I can learn a lot. Uh, I can learn it by your face map. So you have nine hologram maps that show the whole health of the body, just like your eye. Unbelievable. We can do that on a computer map now and you can get scanned and they can diagnose you just from that. But that's only one clue. There's nine, uh, excuse me, there's walking maps too, as we know them in Western medicine. Uh, you've got the structural map, you got the uh, bone map, you have the blood map, you have the muscle map, you have the nerve map, you have the lymph map, you have the uh, meridian map, you have the chakra map, the aura field. So those to me are walking maps um, that, uh, somebody how you mentioned the silhouette so if somebody walks into my office and i'm going to have them walk in front of me are there is their head cocked or their shoulders level or the hips level is one foot in one foot out this all means something to me as a rolfer as a structural person so if i'm going to help somebody with a health issue 
I want to treat the whole body, not just one aspect. I'm not going to look at it through a, a microscope and just look at it like this. I want to look at it like whole body, but the main source of data is that patient. So by, and you did this with me, you sure. do a health timeline of your whole health, however old you are. My goodness, did you find that to be quite um, surprising or, wow, this started to make sense, how this, this, and this happened, and who who that, uh, all those things made you who you are today. All those experiences in your life. And then there are traumas, and then there's day-to-day -day life as well, right? So you have the traumas in your life, but then you have the day-to-day -day life where you are continuing to change, evolve, you know, evolve, devolve as, as you're going through each day, right? And so that becomes yes. cumulative in, yes. in that timeline. And, and we don't necessarily know a lot of the day-to-day, -day. you know, we kind of get incrementally better or incrementally worse or whatever, but it takes a definitive stop to figure that out. Is this is this why the cleanse part of it is is so important for you that that it's returning to a bit of a baseline and 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 helping to at least make you aware of those particular issues or how does that work? Yeah, may I start with the beginning of the story of my story? I'll give people um so most medicine people earn their medicine very, very young. It was no difference with me. At age 12, I had the first of over a dozen female surgeries. Unfortunately, they also nicked my bowels during those surgeries. I was put on antibiotics, opioids, and hormones at age 12. Um, at uh, Later in high school, I'm almost ready to graduate. They wanted to do exploratory surgery. They still couldn't figure out what was wrong with me common diagnoses that I've written papers on, like endometriosis. So I walked away from Western medicine. I did not want another surgery. I cold turkeyed off all opioids, antibiotics, and hormones by myself. And I turned to cleansing. I met somebody that was a rolfer, and she also knew about cleansing. So I studied with Bernard Jensen and B.E. Irons and Max Gears and the greats. And I was able to clean my blood by through cleansing and detox. And we were talking raw juice cleansing with hydroclonic therapy. Back then there was only enema bags, but I did this because I wanted to save my life and I didn't want the drugs anymore and I didn't want another surgery. I was able to do that. Obviously my hormones weren't balanced because I had all these surgeries. I haven't taken hormones since. Okay, that's me. I have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of uh, great teachers. So that's how I started. And then when I went to college, uh, the only thing, I, I mean, I was really, really good at math. I was really good at geometry. So I decided to become a math major. And then I was so weak and frail. My husband said, well, let's go to the gym. But I couldn't go to the gym with him because back in the early 80s, gyms were actually segregated men and women. Can you believe that? Wow. So he built a gym and he started training me. And I decided to take my first anatomy course. I found my niche in life. So anatomy, kinesiology, physiology, and I just went down this rabbit hole in college and I switched my math major to sports medicine. And so, yes, I started in Western medicine. 
And then I was, nobody could figure out why. My mother was baffled as a little girl that I was so drawn and fascinated by Chinese things. And when I got to this major ski area, Snowbird, Utah, and moved to Utah to be able to ski in the early 80s, I went to my first doctor of oriental medicine in Salt Lake City. And he asked me, wow, how's your knees? Well, my knees weren't good at all. I was a hurdler. And I said, well, what does that have to do with my health issues I have now and my female organs? And he goes, well, it's all connected. Your meridians go through this inside of your knee and they want to cut off my vastus medialis and straighten out my patella and I didn't let them. And I was fascinated. This man was putting together my knee injury with my health issues with other parts of my body. And we became fast friends. And that was the first oriental medicine clinic I ever worked at. And so he was one of many teachers that knew my destiny was to go to Oriental Medicine College. So after learning rolfing uh, at 48 years ago, detox and cleansing were my main pieces and now being intrigued with acupuncture. So I went to Oriental Medicine College and then came back again to Salt Lake City. Everybody knew my hands and the rest is kind of history. So your question was about cleansing. Uh, I did not learn this from Oriental medicine. I did not learn this from Western medicine. I learned this through my own body and the greats that taught it back then. So I am now, I have become one of the experts in it. In my professional opinion, I believe we threw out the most important part of medicine. It's just cleansing. It is in every religious text. Uh, guess what? There was one sister and they called them uh, on the Lewis and Clark expedition per canoe that Dr. Meriwether Lewis packed because if somebody has a arrow wound or a spider bite or a snake bite or a high fever, the first thing you have to do is to relieve the system. So basic law of physics is heat rises. So if you have a terrible infection, the first thing you're going to do is that the natural GI tract is going to slow down and actually stop. So by doing that, by having that medical tool, simple enema bag, I can release the heat and stop the infection from getting worse and then apply um, whatever else that he had. So um, I incorporate cleansing as the hub of the wheel of all the spokes of medicine that I use. Why? Because the liver is the filter for the blood. So I believe that we should clean the blood first and then everything else we're doing, including our huge investment in organic nutrition, we have state-of-the-art medical treatments, both holistic and uh, Western science treatments. It's amazing to live in this world now, right? But wouldn't it make sense to actually clean the blood first and then see what's left and then get all of our doctors in on it together and actually listen to us? Where do we start? So by cleaning the blood, what do I mean by that? I mean that we have incoming now in this toxic world, we have hydrogenated, goodness knows what. We have dyes in there. We have plastic molecules in there. Um, we have all these things and it's coming through, through your digestive system and it goes straight to the liver. The liver is the filter for the blood. It has to take out all the synthetic hormones in our food. It has to take out the xenoestrogens from things like a microwave, it has to take out the photoestrogens from pesticides, fertilizers. My goodness, the liver is tired. So that's why we're having so many symptoms in GI 
medicine. So that is my professional belief. Well, we were historically, we went through cleanses and, and fasting because that's the way that things worked, right? That food was plentiful for a period of, of time. What's that? You either ran out of food, it was depending on your geographic location. So you naturally cleanse, but it was a way of life. Look at every culture. It was a way of life that you did spring cleansing. What do we have here in America? Spring cleaning. We clean our houses, we clean our teeth, we even clean our dog's teeth. But we threw out the most important cleansing of releasing, releasing the system. And it's usually done. And that's where spring cleaning came from, spring cleansing. Right. And it gets to be cumulative if yeah. we don't release it. If there's not a spring cleaning this year and there's not a spring cleaning next year and there's not a spring cleaning afterwards, there's there's a tremendous buildup, which gets to these inefficiencies within the body. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so so how does this work and what have you seen in your patients, obviously not wanting right. to betray any of the any of the, the patient doctor relationship here, but but looking at what the transformations have been, because it's not something that we really think about that much. Right. And um, with your lead in, I wanted to say that I'm not against Western medicine. Let's get this really clear. I believe in using all the medicines. So I'm not saying, hey, drop this and use this. No. What I'm saying is that I almost named my business Wind Spirit Jiffy Loop. That kind of gives people an idea of what I'm talking about. So you said, boy, it gets accumulative. If we don't spring clean our houses, you look in the corners, you look at the, the stuff, it's getting accumulative, right? right? Unfortunately, when we use some of our diagnostic tools, you cannot see into that accumulation. Unless you have really good eyesight, you may have to put your glasses on to see, oh, wow, that dust is really dirty in that corner. I better get the toothbrush out, right? Well, it's kind of the same thing in the human body. All the filters are starting to get clogged. So let's go back to the main uh, knowledge is that the liver is the filter for the blood. Okay, if it's the filter for the blood, where the dirty parts go? That's the main question. The dirty parts of the liver go to the top of the small intestine. You have 22 to 28 feet out. Dr. Alonjo Unger, he wrote Clean, Clean Gut, National Bestseller, MD. He says it's the large intestine, the small intestine, if you iron it out, and I do not like ironing, if you iron it out, it's the size of a tennis court. Zach Bush, MD, says it's the size of two tennis courts. Okay, you and I get it. It's huge. It's not a hose. What I'm saying is that accumulation is in those crevices, in those wrinkles. It's more like an accordion. So during the cleansing process, which my patients, they may come to me with chronic diseases. They may come to me as you are all these different, uh, different case histories. No matter what I'm starting with, I want to make sure that all the filters in the body are functioning at optimal. So to take the pressure off of those. So the next thing I'm gonna talk about is the solar plexus. So the solar plexus is the second largest nerve plexus in the human body. Wow, what do we know so far? There must be a lot going on there. Your solar plexus, we all know where it is if you've taken yoga. 
and we learn how to breathe through there. That is a gigantic nerve plexus, and I call it Grand Central. The liver dumps its toxins between 1 and 3 in the morning there. The gallbladder is right before that between 11 and 1 a.m. And then the lung is 3 to 5, covers on, covers off. You may get up to use the bathroom at that time. And the next time is between 5 and 7 in the morning, large intestine time. Each of the 12 organs in Chinese medicine, Western medicine uses 10, Chinese medicine uses all 12 organ systems. We can measure this now with Western science. We can take a picture of an acupuncture point. We can take a picture of the aura field. My goodness, it turned out to be the color of the rainbow. Well, that's another profound subject. So let's go back to this filtration system. If my car has a clogged air filter and a clogged oil filter and brake fluid hasn't been changed, it's going to start sputtering and getting hot and not running right. If it's misaligned, we're going to have all kinds of major problems. So we take our car and we have the mechanic clean out all the filters and it runs better. And we have it check at its alignment and drives better and it's safer. So what I'm suggesting is that we clean out all the filters first and then see what's left. Now what? what kind of medications we use. Yes, we may use Western pharmaceuticals. We may combine that with Chinese pharmaceuticals. We actually have doctors now that have both degrees. So we are really lucky here in this time and age. So that's why cleansing is so important is that the blood feeds our muscles, it feeds our heart, it feeds our brain. If that blood is dirty, that's feeding my brain. You hear our friends at this age going, boy, my memory's getting bad, or I don't have the clarity to think I like I used to. And then people are around me and they're going, how can you remember all that? I've been cleansing since 1977. It has to be one of the reasons why I have a stellar blood test at 65. I'm on no meds, no hormones. I just want to be an inspiration that there might be a different way. You know, when I when I read your stuff and when I talk to you, I can't help but think of Joseph Campbell, uh, who's who's one of my heroes. I mean, the the uh, uh, you know the hero's journey. That you know, I mean, so much of. But when in reading Campbell, it's it's such a combination of 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 the myths and the legends and the heroes and the. And the, the the stories that have have been in Native with Native Americans with Chinese with you know with so many different different groups throughout the world and and essentially coming to very similar kinds of conclusions. Yes, and, and, and it all kind of makes sense. And you go, oh wow, okay, oh well, they're talking about that, and they're talking about that, and it's like, and this is this is this hero that that is the same as this hero over here, and 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 it is that getting to the essential of the human experience, right? I mean, that's the nature of these myths and legends, is sort of allegorical kind of work, right? Is that we, as the as the audience are taking this and going, oh, okay, well, you're talking about me. And it says, yes, we're talking about you because we've stripped off the artifice. Yes. And, and and we're looking at the essential for you. And, and that to me is, is so cool to be able to look at it in a holistic kind of way. I actually, I told you that I had done after, after I broke my back, 
I went back to school for two months or for, I, I was in the hospital for two months, then went back to school for the spring semester, then went to a secondary rehabilitation place called Shake a Leg, which was a holistic healing center for people with spinal cord injuries. And this is where I was introduced to, I think a couple of things. I mean, one, the idea of of letting go and being receptive to something that I didn't necessarily completely understand and, mm. and say, okay, what's the, you know, what's the, what are the benefits of, of rolfing, of massage, of Feldenkrais, of some of these, some of these things and being, being open to it, which I think is, is a first step in being healthy is this idea of kind of opening your mind and going, okay, I'm going to let go of, some of the preconceived notions that I've had. So looking looking at that part, but then also looking at, I think my participation and, and recognizing that, that I needed to be part of being healthy and the holistic part is, you know, I mean, you talk about the chakras, you talk about a variety of different things, but sort of the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, everything that we're looking at, how, how do you approach it? Because I mean, you talk about holistic healing, but you also talk about the, the medical arts. In some ways, the medical arts seems to me, it's like we're talking about Harry Potter in some ways, right? The, 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 the medical arts here, but but to you, what what is that medical art? Because it's not like you just go in and say somebody comes in and you say, okay, well, take this and you'll and you'll be fine. The holistic it really is a journey too, isn't it? Yes, it is the Joseph Campbell journey. So the body has four layers. You can hear about this in psychology, but we have the spiritual layer the emotional layer, the mental layer, and the physical layer. My belief as a practicing shamanic energy medicine, uh, life guide work, all this, my belief is that spirituality is what you believe in. That's different from religion. That's a set of beliefs over here. You can believe in that too. That's great. Spirituality is what you believe in and even in your subconscious. So if you're told as a little kid, hey, the whole family has this disease and you're eating your Captain Crunch there and you're listening to everybody and granny's got it, and grandpa's got it, and mom and dad have got it, and the kids have got it, and your uh, sister and brother have it, you're thinking right there, you're gaining a belief, I'm going to get it. Can I have some more sweet cereal, right? Does the cereal or the conversation have anything to do with our health? Yes. Your spirituality is what you believe in, subconscious and day-to-day. -day. Your emotional layer is how you feel about what you believe in. Your mental layer is the chatter in your head, between your ears, of how you feel of what you believe in. And that manifests in the physical. Disease, to me, does not come into the physical. It comes through the layers. And so part of my work in the holistic realm, in the healing arts, as we call them, is to also dive into that. And that's what that health timeline, that's how I present the shamanic journey to them, that Joseph Campbell journey. Okay, when did you start? When did you come to see me? Okay, everything backwards. I touch your ankle and I say, 
wow, feels like you broke your ankle. Well, I've never done anything to my ankle. Third day they walk in, I go, I remember when I hurt my ankle. How do I have that ability? Because I've been playing the body for 48 years. I don't play the piano, I play the body. These tools are like little MRIs for me. So I can touch somebody and ask a series of questions. But I don't know if that's right until I get a yes from them. So I'm going to keep asking questions and it's so fascinating and I just get so involved with my patient. But you said the key word, participatory. When people come to me, I ask them to be participatory, not only to build their own health timeline, colored pencils, all this stuff is really to get into it because it's their Joseph Campbell story. They're going, well, why did all this happen to me in my life? And why me? We hear this a lot with your injury, my injury. Why did that happen to me? Well, I'm going to lean right into it. I'm going to lean to those sharp points. I'm going to open the door and welcome the unwelcomed, right? It's not easy at first, but you and I have tools that help us to do that on that Joseph Campbell journey. So the patient being participatory with me is so important. They're with me for a week. I'm going to create the online course now. I'm going to be able to teach you how to do this yourself at home. That's going to be really important for people. I want to make it uh, accessible. It The participatory word is so important because anybody around me can understand that I can probably sell ice cubes to the Eskimos, especially now. <laughs> but that's not the point. It's I'm not here to sell you on what I believe in. I'm here to give you the knowledge, the data, the maps, the books, the movies, not just me, but all these teachers so that you can maybe, wow, you know, maybe I don't believe in that anymore. Maybe this does work for me and maybe I am going to incorporate in this my life and maybe I should try this alkaline diet she has me on because I feel great for a while. I'm not saying you have to keep that the rest of your life. So getting the patient to participate because then they're going to school and they learn it and they take home all, I call them gems. So they put those gems in their medicine bag and they learn how to do a castor oil pack and they learn how to do this. And then they contact me a year, year or two later and they go, hey, Dr. Sander, I have this ailment. And I go, okay, so let's go into your tool bag. And they go, that's right. I put that away and I got, and then they bring it all out again. They're doing their Epsom salt baths and their dry skin brushing and they, they tune up their diet and they get empowerment because they now have those gems, those healing art tools. Doctors are some of the most respected people within our society. Shamans were equally respected and, and are equally respected with within that society. You're in more, you're you're on the shaman side with more of a West in more of a Western society. How does how how is that reception? How how do you bridge the gap to reach the individual on a personal level? That's a great question. So matter so I'm working with. So is it uh, Dr. Dave MD, internal medicine, uh, you know, for 13 years and now he's one of the leaders in stem cell telomere and he's been, you know, comes to see me all the time. So when I'm with him, I switch language. If I'm with a, neuro a neuroscientist that comes to see me, I'm going to switch language. I do have the ability, I'm going to brush up before they get there. They're my colleague. 
they talk in a different language. If I'm with an electrician, I'm going to pick those books of uh, healing is just electricity. I'm going to try to talk them in that language. If I'm with a lay person, I, as a doctor, should be able to explain this so that patient says that makes sense. That's my goal. So yes, I have uh, knowledge in many, many modalities of medicine, which is, allows me to switch languages. So yes, I work on the PhDs, I work on the MDs, I work on the scientists, the biologists, the chemists, they've all been there, the physicists. It's remarkable when you get their input and they teach me things about what they're experiencing. Did that answer the question? I think it did, but what's how does that conversation go? Does it does it start with a sense of skepticism? Does it start with a sense of excitement? Does it start with a sense of, okay, I am here because I don't necessarily have the answers or I haven't been able to find the answers. Right. So you're not necessarily the first person they go to. No, sometimes I'm the last. I'm the last resort. That breaks my heart. And they end up saying, God, if I'd only known you 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I go, yeah, it would have been easier now then, but we can still do this. So what you're asking me, is it something that I've learned? I have had rocks thrown at my belief system of holistic medicine of a different way uh, since I can remember. And um, I had to learn how to engage in that criticism and i've learned that really well and uh what do you mean by engaging in that criticism okay so somebody can say to me uh laurel well that's just you know cleansing's ridiculous you're never going to see me do that and there i could be at a cocktail party there could be a bunch of people around and i'm being put on the spot and in a little bit i'm being made fun of right so i've had to get myself out of this predicament and i'm going Hey, you're a Western doctor. Great. So uh, can you explain to us why there was a cistern or an end of a bag per canoe on the Lewis and Clark expedition or why it's in every religious book? Why was this so important? If that person can't answer the question, then they're on the spot. Okay. So I can go. I have learned great, simple analogies and storytelling back to Joseph Campbell to be able to explain myself. I have to be able to hold a conversation with that physiologist or that MD or that uh, biologist. A uh, biologist coming to me and going through the cleanse and you know I'm gonna go, okay, there's some parasites and stuff that we see, visually see, and that man didn't believe me at all. And then uh, he, I hope this isn't going too far down information, but he actually, like you have, got curious of what was coming out of him and actually saw something that was alive. And he goes, okay, I'm a believer. I'm not here to uh, make somebody believe me. I'm here to give a body of knowledge that is now turned into wisdom with 48, 48 years of experience. Us doctors, we don't know much until we have case histories that we learn from. We learn from the patient. So in those uh, conversations with my colleagues that are so advanced in Western medicine, whatever uh, area of medicine they're at, first I want to switch into their language. Um, the respect is mutual. They respect me. I ex respect them implicitly. 
And that allows us to have collaboration, communication, and put our brains together. What does the, because we, we started, I mean, we started talking about the cleanse, right? I mean, this is, this is kind of the beginning, but ultimately the goal is to be healthy. Yes. And, and, and part of the reason that the cleanse is, is important is that we, well, one, we haven't been doing it. We don't do it on a regular basis. So we've effectively been building up plaque and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is that, okay, we can remove that. But then is there a necessary shift in lifestyle? You talked about the Captain Crunch, right? If you if you tune in and watch television, I mean, I've been watching, it's the NBA championships, it's the NHL championships going on right now. And you feel like you need to eat all of this food that is presented to you in every single commercial. And it is, it, it is, it is biological, right? I mean, this comes on and and your 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 saliva starts to go, right? I mean, it's like, right? yes, oh, I'm hungry. I want some yeah. of that. And and they also the toxins, the environmental toxins, right? I mean, in the water, in the wheat changing in so much of what we see and what we're presented with, you can take the first step, but then what are the necessary next steps and how hard is that to embrace a new lifestyle and to effectively change what you've been doing or what's easy? Very good question. I come back to uh, Chief Joseph, where I live in Joseph, Oregon. Chief Joseph gave us the famous quote, what you do to the earth, you do to yourselves. What you do to yourselves, you do to the earth. We all must embrace this today on this planet. When people come to me and they learn a body of knowledge that now is theirs, it's their investment. All the money that they're spending on food, all the money they're spending on these incredible specialized treatments now is going to work better. When they feel better at the end of the cleanse or even afterwards, some people are more chronic and they start feeling better, they never forget it. I have people that come back to me six years later, eight years later and say, I have never felt as good as I did when I left here the last time. Mm -hmm. And I go, okay, so what dropped off? What balls did you drop of all your medicine tools? Oh, I quit doing that. I quit doing, you know. And so we go back to the simple thing of the Hope to Heal Seven Vibrations. And I have them go down that simple list, water. Wow, it seems, how can it be so simple? That water, nutrition, breathe and move, detox, environment, emotion, enlightenment could be the key to the lifestyle that's the cure. Well, we found out that water has to be absolutely pure and line up in single file molecule to molecule to get inside one cell. You have a hundred trillion cells. Who's gonna get the water first? Your brain, your heart, your uh, vital organs. <laughs> that injury that you had, it's not getting any water because there's not enough water. There's a regulatory system coming in. And so only certain part of your bodies get the little bit of water that you're drinking. Thank you, Chris. I can see that you have lemon water there. Alkalizes our system. Water has to be pure. I actually bring water from the ranch on my trips because really good water, you'll never forget it, the taste of it. 
So people getting filters, this sort of thing is really important. So we have, we're inundated with all these toxins in our life. We get it. It's running our brain. It's running our heart. It's running how we feel, even emotionally. If we're loaded down with dust and dirt and goodness knows what's coming in our system with all even the orifices in our head, it can get in your ear and your nose and your mouth and your eyes and that's coming in. And that all has to be filtrated through the organ system and then finally the liver. And then again, where do the dirty parts go? That's 22, 28 feet out if you're lucky. And so this accumulation happens. Once people learn one of the oldest medicines on earth, which is cleansing detox, then they have empowerment to be able to clean up the dust and everything every year. That accumulation, so people go, oh, so I only have to cleanse once and I'm good to go. Well, unfortunately, drama, trauma, financial, emotions, all this stuff is going to happen next year, and I cleanse again. So I'm going into my next hip replacement. Boy, have I lived hard <laughs> riding horses, skiing. And so, yes, and thank goodness, modern medicine, uh, sports medicine can put us back together. So before I do that, I'm going to do a cleanse, my own cleanse. And people always ask me who works on you. Yes, that's a bit of a problem where I live. Um, but then after I heal, later this fall, I'm going to do another one. Why would I do two in one year? Because I had that anesthesia. I want to be the healthiest I can be going into it and the healthiest I can be going out of it, get that out of my system. So that's why I do two in one year. So the question is, uh, the buildup, can we get rid of it? Sometimes it takes more than one cleanse. To It matters your age, how long you've been sick. For every month, every year that you're sick, it takes about one month of healing. That's the general formula. Um, so, but once people learn this and they feel that they can feel better, then we're watching, wow, I really like some of those buffalo wings. Look how good they look. Those people are happy eating those. And so then people will go, can you have any buff buffalo wings, Laurel? And I go, yes, I believe in French Fry Friday. That really makes people happy. <laughs> yes, I will go out and have French Fry Friday. Yes, I drink alcohol. Um, in moderation. Yes, I will even eat grass-fed meat or a friend just gave me some salmon from right off the boat in Alaska. I'm very, uh, I like to investigate where my food comes from. I try to get the best. I have my organic greenhouse. I do the best I can, but I'm still going to have French Fry Friday. And then I'm going to tap into myself about an hour or two later and go, how did that make you feel? Probably didn't make me feel that good. So now I don't want it the next meal. So yes, we're going to have to try it again, see if it works, see if it doesn't work. When people come to me and there's nutrition things and say, well, what about gluten? I go, okay, well, yes, our wheat has changed in the last 10,000 years in this country. And yes, if you go to Europe, actually, it doesn't affect you the way it does in our country. How do I explain this? This is my professional opinion. Is this the pesticides and fertilizer we're using that are cancerous on our crops? is why I do not eat wheat. Do I eat corn? Do I eat soy? Yes, but not GMO. GMO, in my professional opinion, is distorting the food itself. So I have to have knowledge on my nutrition and go down those rabbit holes. And my goodness, we have so many experts on that to listen to, to guide us on that. So 
I believe that there's no one nutrition program for everybody. Um, you can read all the books, eating for your blood type, keto, uh, vegetarian, vegan, all these different things. You're going to have to try it on. I believe you're an individual snowflake and your nutrition is going to change depending on what happens in your body, um, which is how we got reacquainted again. Okay, this is what I'm feeling now. Oh, you know, I think that this would be a good idea. So even myself. I'm going to change my nutrition going into the surgery. So I'm not acidic at all. Disease can only live in an acidic state. There's alkaline and there's acidic. So we talked about lemon just a second ago. Let's talk about that. A lemon you can build a battery out of. They teach little kids this in science class. It's really cool. But when it mixes with your saliva, it actually turns alkaline. It's a magic fruit. I do a whole article on it. When you drink lemon water, room temp lemon water, that, that alkalizes your system. So I'm going to make sure my whole system is alkalized before I go into a scheduled trauma of getting a hip replacement. And then when I come out of it, I'm going to stay on that. I'm going to eat really, really healthy because I want that to heal as best that it possibly can. So I'm going to give my body what it needs to heal. On a, you mentioned on the shamanic point, on a spiritual level, it doesn't matter if we're listening to Eckhart Tolle or Sadhguru. We have so many great sages now. They also will say, uh, you must feed the temple with good food. So yes, try your best to eat really healthy all the time and then enjoy French Fry Friday. You hit that, and it's really, it, to me, it's sort of a dilemma in some ways, right? I mean, because the idea of what you do for your body is what you do for your world, and you're saying that from, from Chief Joseph, but, I mean, it's also, you know, a tenet of Buddhism. You're hearing this from, like, Aristotle, you know, similar kinds of, of sentiments of, like, the microscopic is also the macroscopic, that we're all connected on a cellular level and we're all part of sort of the, the full world ecosystem kind of thing, which makes sense on an intellectual level. Yes. But not necessarily making sense. You know, it's harder for that to make sense on a day-by-day -day level because you talk about... Yeah, we do not live in the Garden of Eden anymore. We don't. And you and you talk about the French Fry Friday, which is really sort of that emotional level of like, OK, I want to connect with something that is going to make me feel comfortable. And it's you know, this is the warm blanket. This is the this is yes. the, the hug. This is the you know, the things that we feel like we we need from from our food. Right. And and and, and reconciling those two and, and sort of being in being in either conscious thought or in establishing a system which which takes a fair amount of energy to 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 to, to help guide us in terms of what we want to do who we want to be how we want to be healthy because i mean they talk about like going to going to the supermarket if you're going to create a change in how you eat Going to the supermarket can be an absolutely exhausting thing because you do 
what you've always done. And it's like, okay, well, we'll take that, we'll take that, we'll take that. And to break that pattern is, is a huge challenge. So what are your recommendations for people in terms of breaking that pattern? And, and it can't, I'm assuming it can't happen all at once because if it happens all at once, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. Right, very good. Um, let's go back to those French fries. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, uh, I have a teacher friend a long time ago, taught first grade and she wanted me to come speak. And so I'm driving to the to the school and I pass a fast food joint and I go, oh, I got an idea. And I rolled in and I got two large orders of French fries. And then I stopped and I got a roll of paper towels and some string. And I got there early and I put the paper towels on the floor and I uh, laced those French fries, those nasty ones from the fast food joint. And I laced them and I hung them across the schoolroom as I gave my talk and they dripped onto the paper towels. Now for a little kid, he doesn't want to eat those anymore because the amount of grease that came out, is that enough? No, that's like telling somebody, uh, don't do it this way and then you give them no alternative. So I mean, immediately say, this is how I cook French fries. So I do not eat the nightshade family. That just has to do with my personal body and white potatoes are nightshade. So I teach them, hey, pick red, gold, or even purple potatoes have the most vitamins in them and cut them like French fries at home, lay them on a cookie sheet and then take really good olive oil and organic coconut oil and melt that and then drizzle that on and you can have French fries at home. You can have zucchini chips, you can have uh, yam, you're getting hungry. <laughs> uh, so yes, we can have our French fries, but we can actually, I, I like to back it up by giving them an alternative because you're, you hit it on the spot. We want comfort food. My recommendations are don't go to the grocery store hungry and do not eat when you're upset and do not go to the grocery store when you're emotionally upset. Your brain is, or your subconscious is going to go, boy, you really need those marshmallows, you know? Um, so you're going to, uh, you're going to shop from that um, emotion. And convenience. Yeah. It's also a big part of it, right? How can we get food quickly? Everybody has a an overscheduled kind of life right. and and, yeah. and changing changing away from having an overscheduled life can be a more significant challenge and probably is healthy to move away from an overscheduled life, but uh, you know one one step at a time kind of thing, right? I understand where uh, you're going with this now. And I talk about getting that refrigerator ready for you. Okay, so you have a big week coming up. You have uh, talks, you have to be on the ski hill. Um, shopping is on the last of your list. When you come home, you're hungry. The refrigerator better be working for you. So my first trick in the grocery store is only shop the outside of the grocery store. You might find some frozen organic berries in the middle of the store or whatever. But most of the stuff on the inside of the store is actually not very good for you. There's a few tips under nutrition in my book, The Hope to Heal Cleanse, is if you can't pronounce it, put it back. If it doesn't rot or sprout, put it back. So in a, nature knows best. So if it doesn't rot or sprout, this is really a good thing. If you can't read the ingredients without a chemistry degree, 
then I'm suggesting put it back. Bread should only have maybe four ingredients in it. So find better choices. And we can do that in this day and age with the farmer's market. So how do you and I prepare for a big week? How do I prepare when I've got a double coming in and I might have some scientists or somebody? I've got to be on my game. I want to be sharp. I got to get my own personal refrigerator working for me. So one of the things I teach is that rainbow pot of steamed vegetables. If I have that partially cooked in my fridge, if I have uh, a, a rainbow color array of fruits in the house, uh, I have all those vegetables, rainbow colors bought also. And then I might cook a few baked potatoes ahead of time. I make, make a few dishes ahead of time. I have that rainbow pot of vegetables. I can walk in then, usually in my refrigerator going into week like this, I have, I love black beans. I have black beans cooked. I have a quinoa cooked. I might have some rice cooked. I'm gonna combine foods to get all my vitamins and minerals. So I'm gonna walk in and boy, am I beat. I've been talking all day. The last thing I wanna do also is stand in the kitchen and cut vegetables and cook a great meal. But if my vegetables are partially done and I have many things to make, I can go, do I feel like Mexican? Do I feel like Thai? Do I feel like Asian? What do I want? And I can, do I want a pesto pizza? I can actually mix that up. And people went, she eats pizza. <laughs> yes, I eat pizza, whole organic corn crust and a beautiful pizza. So yes, I can eat really, really healthy. I eat a lot of calories in a day. I am not deprived nutritionally. And a lot of people go, oh, she's so strict and she does this cleansing and I bet she can't even eat out. Yes, I go out to eat and I make choices. I might do substitutes. So getting that fridge working for me before a really busy week is important. I have to plan. I have to organize just like you do. So I want to organize going into that and get that shopping done before. Another trick I teach people is if you start writing down all the things that you like to eat, good things, please, is that you start and go, boy, I really like uh, cashews or I really like pumpkin seeds. Um, wow, I learned that you have to soak those or roast those first. Am I going to go buy an eight ounce bag of pumpkin seeds? No, I'm going to buy that in bulk. I'm going to buy that organic and in bulk because I cannot afford to buy like that myself. So, and I keep everything in glass jars when, um, you know, nuts are the best protein you can eat in the morning. Um, so I started putting all my nuts in glass jars on the counter to teach myself how to, well, I'm going to try that in this meal, or I'm going to try that in this meal. So combining foods is the key. Why? Because the egg is the only food on Mother Earth that has all 22 amino acids. What are amino acids? They're protein chains that are linked. They have to all be in your belly within a two-hour period for you to digest anything. Let's think about that again. The egg's the only perfect food that you can eat that alone without anything else. Yes, it eats some sea salt and maybe a little organic butter. Yes, I eat butter a little tiny bit. So the rest of the foods have to be combined to get all the 22 amino acids into your stomach in a two hour period. So when people are looking at me and they're a little bit confused, I go, well, let's think about this. Have you ever seen a billboard that says got broccoli? So I'm thinking that maybe the people that made the four layer food chart could be promoting certain foods. 
So my food chart, other food charts are very, very different. Sorry for the phone ringing. So that combining of foods is the keys. We know now um, from famous MDs that if you eat an abundant supply of rainbow vegetables and fruits in one week, as much as you can eat, abundance, all the colors, they say that you actually don't need vitamins. Well, why does the body need vitamins? Because you're eating buffalo wings maybe every day or whatever. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying I know what I know. And so if you're eating fast food all the time, three meals a day, then you're going to need a lot of vitamins to run your organs. Okay. So, and we need minerals. I know a lot about amino acids. This used to be state-of-the-art nutrition back in the bodybuilding days. And I started that back when the gyms were segregated. I couldn't even go to the husband with my husband to the gym. Oh my goodness. So we built one in my home and Back then, nutrition was, state-of-the-art nutrition was eating amino acids. So I was eating powdered amino acids with all my meals, especially going into a bodybuilding meet. And so now, amino acids are state-of-the-art brain science. So maybe one, of, maybe one of the reasons why I can tap into my Rolodex and tap into, I can quote authors and stuff and books and name them. Why can I still do that? Because I've been eating amino acids since the early 80s. And so that's where you're going to get all your amino acids by combining foods. I do not combine heavy proteins, animal meats with starchy grains. You're asking hydrochloric acid to break down protein. And you're asking alkaline juices to come in and break down the alkaline foods, the grains, and let's have a meat burrito together. You're going to get sleepy because those entered your stomach at one time. Boy, I need a nap. We've all had Thanksgiving, right? That's the time to do it. Um, so even, oh, let's pick Thanksgiving dinner. Even at Thanksgiving dinner, wow, look at all this beautiful food. It's one of my favorite meals to cook. I'm going to have some turkey. I'm going to have some vegetables. I'm going to have this. I'm probably going to be there all day. I got my eye on that pumpkin pie over there or the cherry pie but I'm gonna wait a little bit and I'm gonna eat small amounts and then I'm gonna come back maybe in an hour or two and then I'm gonna have the mashed potatoes or I might have the full thing and then deal with, oh my goodness, I need a nap when I ate too much. Okay, there's times to do this, but not every day. So combining foods is a big thing. Remember that you're an individual snowflake. I do not believe that there's one nutrition program for everybody, otherwise we'd all be healthy maybe. Right. And this is, but it does require a greater commitment, a greater connection on a personal level. I mean, you talked about some of the buying in bulk and because this is different, right? This is, does it get more expensive to be able to eat in a healthy way, to be able to prepare if you're preparing your own food and have your own food in the refrigerator, as opposed to something that is that you've bought and you just need to heat up. There, there are some some time time differences, right? Those are some of the some of the challenges. And how do you how do you encourage people to to start to make those changes? Because because change really is one of 
one of the greatest things I think that when we look back in hindsight, we go, oh, that was an amazing period of time. But looking at it in the moment, change is scary and it's daunting. Yes, and it can be difficult because you're programmed. You're habitual to this way of life. You're habitual to this cooking. You're habitual to just reaching for that and eating it. And your energy may suffer. So I use storytelling and simple analogies. So uh, again, back to water. If when we wake up in the morning, I highly suggest some room temp water with some lemon in it. The reason why is that your stomach has a membrane and it needs to puff up a little bit before you pour in the acidic food, the orange juice, the egg, the coffee, okay? Yes, I drink organic coffee. We can go back to that in small amounts. Um, I mix it with cacao and maple syrup because it balances uh, things in your body. Um, so in moderation, back to the water. If that stomach membrane is not puffed up before you start to eat, then what happens is it will burn a hole in your stomach lining the acidic food. We call that an ulcer. So water is the most important thing of all. If we do not have water, then you cannot actually digest food. You need two molecules of water to digest one molecule of carbohydrate. When you eat that piece of toast, you're going to have to have twice as much water to break down that piece of toast. If I eat the piece of toast and there's no water, my body has to steal it from someplace. Where is it going to steal it from? Number one choice is the skin, the largest organ in the body. So every skin's dry and we think it's genetic and da, da, da. So these simple little things like water are so important. How do we get that uh, information so that they can grasp it and want to do it? Because they start feeling better. I was able to do it with you. There you are with your lemon water. Here I am with my lemon water. Uh, case in history, a lady that I'm treating here, a dear friend of mine, and she's talking to me. And her husband actually said, hey, I'd like you to talk to my wife. And I know these people really well. And uh, so she's talking to me and she's rubbing over here. And she's saying, yeah, they're telling me I have liver disease and this and stuff. And I'm looking at her rubber belly and I'm listening to her intently and I'm watching it. I'm going, uh, you have a rash there? Do you have an itch? Is that bothering you? She goes, no, it hurts here all the time. And I go, well, that's not your liver. Let's start there. She, the patient knows the answers, not me. I come with my glass half full. I do not know everything. I do not know anything until that patient gives me something. So we did one full body session. I work on the full body on this. I did an acupuncture treatment. My two, two and a half hour session was in-depth questioning to that patient of how they got to here. What happened first? What happened before that? Okay, let me get this straight. Now, did this happen before this or the sinusitis happened or that tooth infection? Again, I'm looking at the whole body to help figure out why that's happening. And then have the explanation and the ability, in this case, in layman's terms, to be able to explain it to them. And they say, that made sense. A marketing person, and I've never marketed in, in my career yet, but it was a friend helping me. And she goes, what is the 
number one thing that your patients say to you during the wellness retreat. And my assistant colleague, Lisa Armstrong Replica was with me. She still works with me. And at the exact same time, we said, that makes sense. My suggestion to everybody watching is that if you go to your doctor and you do not leave the building where you go, that made sense. I understand how I got here now. I'm not suggesting you fire that person, but you want my get more people on your team. You're the captain of your team, not the doctor, in my opinion. So you get more, uh, you have to figure out how you got here. And so that is a bit of education. Once they start learning this, and I immediately put this person because she was very inflamed, that means she's acidic. And I put her on an alkaline thing, diet and a nutrition, excuse me, I don't like to use the word diet as we're dying it, uh, nutrition. She was only on that for six days. She came back yesterday and even in my wheelchair, I worked because that's what makes me happy. I can't go skiing, so I'm working. Uh, made me so happy just to give again because I am of service. I could not believe what I heard. I could not believe what I saw. In just six days, she goes, I've already dropped two pounds. Look at me. I'm not as bloated. I feel better. Uh, I'm a little more energetic. Look, Laurel, you worked on that thing. And I can I can straighten my uh, my neck's better, all this stuff. Yes, I did body work. Yes, I did one uh, spinal alignment. What surprised me most is the little bumps that were coming out of the abdomen because it was so acidic. And that's where her cause uh, to me was coming from wasn't the liver it was a secondary problem because it didn't have any place to dump its toxins i could believe that even those were going away after just changing the nutrition i hadn't even given her herbs yet i give her one acupuncture treatment and the body work session but she got empowerment so your question was how does somebody stay on this because they'll never forget how good they felt they're searching for it. They want it. They crave it. People see people leave the retreat in my hometown and they walk up and they go, wow, you look amazing. What do you have? I want that. Then they hear the process. And they go, oh boy, that's not for me. And then they watch these people get better, get better, get better. Here's the great news. Every time you cleanse, you get healthier. Every year that goes by, you get healthier. That time is going to go by anyway. We do not have much control over time, none, except for how you handle it, how you organize it. But you do have empowerment over your energy. To have energy in the human body, you need to feed it properly and hydrate properly and also have a spiritual breathing practice. Um, there's all these different components that we have. I'm always going to go back to that spiritual side because that's where everything um, originates from. So your question to go back to that, to answer it correctly, is how do people get empowered to try this? They start feeling a little bit better. They may fall off and go right back because something happened. I need comfort food. I'm going for this. You know, they get so frustrated with life like we all do. And then they don't feel good and they go, and I don't feel good again. What did that wild lady teach me again? <laughs> and so they'll go back to their tools. If I can give them tools, if you give them tools, you are such an inspiration. 
you are such an inspiration to me. Thank you for being in my life. I have known you for 30 more years. You inspired me how we met. My goodness, that's how we met was your inspiration to me. Okay, um, thank you. So you and I are here to empower people, to inspire them. I'm not here to change them, but I am here to offer you all these tools that you can use too to help yourself feel like this. I have so much energy at 66 is scares people. <laughs> Literally scares people. So why do I have all this? I want to feel like this every day. And when I and after the ski trip and seeing all my friends and I have been having cocktails and wine and I went out for French Fry Friday at one of the restaurants and I can guarantee you when I get home, I will be going off all that and my incredible nutrition to prepare for this next surgery. So yes, I have fun. And then I come back to what I know. Yes, we're eating really healthy here too. But um, I want to inspire. I want to empower. And I want to give people the, the tools. Unfortunately, lead they're the ones that have to participate you go on you know i feel so terrible i'm going to try this and then they do not it doesn't leave their memory banks that they felt so good does it leave your memory banks of what you experienced with me no not at all no it, it definitely doesn't but you know and and then the other side is you, you know what's good and you know what's not good but you don't necessarily always make good choices, I think, no. is, the, is, is the human experience sometimes. Right. How can people find you, Laurel? Oh, great question. Um, windspiritmedicine.com. Windspiritmedicine.com. And windspirit is all one word. Right. Com. And, and yeah, so and they can they can check out all of your programs there. They can check out where you're based in Joseph. Uh, Oregon and yeah and and help change because you're also you have some you have some programs that are in the works right with an instructional program that's the good news because the retreats have been open for 17 years sold out through word of mouth only I'm very proud of that it must be working so now I can only heal a finite people from 66 to however late I work 80 90 goodness I'll probably live to 120 um <laughs> So now it's the first online course was going to be the Hope Teal Cleanse course and teach me people the Wind Spirit Wellness Way, which is the lifestyle that's the cure. And I am proud to say that they will be coming out this summer. And then I'm going to continue into teaching. That is my goal. I want to create many, many continued ed programs. Doesn't matter if you're an anesthesiologist or an esthetician, everybody needs CEUs to renew their license. I'm going to participate in that because it's a finite number of people I can help at the retreats if it's an infinite number of people for put my wisdom on the shelf. That is almost my duty in this life now. So I'm going to try my best to help everybody from afar. I'm going to teach you how to turn your own home into a wellness retreat and be able to get the results that we're getting at the Wellness Retreat in Joseph, Oregon. That is awesome. Well, thank you for everything you're doing, Laurel, and thank you for joining us. It was a total pleasure. Oh, thank you, Chris, for being in my life.
I love you. I'm honored that you're my friend and rock on baby rock on. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. Uh, the greatest gift you can give us is to tell your friends, tell your friends to tune in, like us, follow us, and please subscribe. We will continue to give you great content and we will look forward to seeing you in the next time. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to Chris Waddell Living It for more stories on the adaptive community, the Paralympics, artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, experts in the experience of being human. Also follow us on Spotify, Apple, Facebook, and Instagram. I look forward to seeing you next week.